What's up, party people? Welcome to a special episode of Crossplay, the Whatnots' own video game podcast. That's right, this episode is a little different than what you're used to, rather than the usual four, me, Ignacio, Kyle, and Alan. It is just me, Gino, and I am joined by a very important guest today that is here to talk about all things Final Fantasy and the most recent 14 online announcement showcase that happened this past Friday, where they announced a new expansion and several other things that come with all that. So we got some very exciting stuff to go over and an awesome conversation ahead of us. And we're going to try and treat this episode as sort of like a recruitment. You know, we're going to try and convince hey, you. Start yep. playing. <laughs> playing the game. But yeah, as I said, my name is Gino Viteri. I will be your host for today. And I am joined by the one and only Asian 47 himself, <laughs> Michael Hyam from GameSpot. What's hey, up, Michael? How are you? How's hey, life? Things, things are good. Things are good. Uh, after the... the um... The announcement showcase for Final Fantasy XIV, man, my heart, my heart was full. I felt, I felt like yeah. you, you always, I always go through like these, um, these, uh, these peaks and valleys when it comes to like things I get excited about. I'm like, oh, all right, like I was hyped up about this one thing. Like, yeah. What's next? Oh, this new game came out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I play it. I finish it. I'm like, all right, what's next? Yeah. What's next? And I feel like the past couple years is just like nothing but peaks after peak after peak after peak. Uh, and for then real, this man. is just the latest one, man. I am, man. Oh, Final yeah. Fantasy XIV has been a journey, and it's it's not slowing down. It really it's not has. slowing down. So this new expansion, like this is this is the time to get hyped up mm-hmm. about. And I'm I you know goes without saying I'm super hyped up for Endwalker. Yeah, no, I'm super excited. I you know I I live reacted to the to the mm-hmm. announcement. I cried. I yelled. I screamed. I feel you. So there's so many, Ooh. and there's still so many things that we yep. have to see. So I'm I'm super excited about all that. Mm-hmm. But uh. Anyway, Michael, so I, I first, I guess, discovered you um, around August okay. of this past year, where you, you published an article on GameSpot, which is like a beginner's oh, yeah. guide to, to 14 online. And that you talk about like the approachability mm-hmm. of the game, uh, not only to newcomers of the franchise, but uh, to people that have never really played an MMO. So obviously, guys, if you haven't checked it out, please go check out that article. Super great article. And then shortly after that, I found you, um, uh, after I found you on Twitter, you started streaming mm-hmm. on Twitch. And uh, I checked you out there, started talking with you there, and quickly realized how, you know, you're super kind, knowledgeable, awesome to talk to. So it was super awesome to discover you. Thank there, you. Thank you. But that is how I know. <laughs> yeah. For the people that don't know who Michael Hyam is. Who are uh, you? Damn. All right. So I was born in, uh, nine- no, I'm just kidding. I'm. I don't know how far back do I want to go. All right, uh, l- l- well, let me. Um, you want. Since we're since we're on the topic of video games, let me kind of contextualize it in the realm of video games. So, uh, listen, yeah. your boy was like five years old. I was barely learning how to read, but you know what? I had Final Fantasy VI, which is Final Fantasy III in North America. I had Super Mario RPG, and I had Chrono Trigger. Um, my brother had because this was like 1996. So my brother had sold his collection of Genesis and SNES games to get a PlayStation 1, and he said, look, I'm going to give you the SNES, though. I'm going to sell the Genesis, but you can have the SNES. Pick three games that you want. Those are the three games that I picked. Uh, and, like, that, that's the only, like, other than, like, um, my mom got, uh, like, the Toy Story license game for SNES at, at a yard sale or some shit, and I, I played that, too, but I was like, yo, I'm just, like, I, I swear I beat all those games, like, ten times over, because that's all I had. That's, that's all, like, summer vacation. I'm five years old. I ain't got... What am I gonna do? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play some yeah. video games, and then obviously like RPGs back in the day, they don't got quest logs, they don't got waypoints. 
So to figure out what to do, it's like you need to talk to the NPCs. You need to remember what was told in uh, dialogue sequences. So that that's you know that's how I learned how to read. And uh, when when I got to school, I was just like writing all like teachers like how do you know these words? Why why are you writing like Mm -hmm. like this is some kind of like dramatic play or something? It's because like (laughs) games like Final Fantasy and Chrono Trigger like uh, that's all I know. uh but yeah mm-hmm. that's uh that's kind of how i got my start with video games and that's why rpgs are so and storytelling is so important to me in games um so over yep. the years i love games like deus ex the original star wars and the Little republic um and then eventually found uh, other rpgs like persona and as you know i'm sure you're familiar and if anyone follows me they know yeah. uh, like how much i love uh persona and Shin Megami Tensei and just like oh, man and then I got to Yakuza recently also well recently as in like three or four years ago and then like yeah yeah always always loving Final Fantasy and like Xenosaga Xenogear like man all oh, man and like the, it's not only <laughs> recently until I like really embraced the themes of a lot of these games where it's like yo the power of friendship uh, <laughs> and um, yeah just like so with games it's I, I like, you know, I'm, I'm a spicy shooty boy. I play some Call of Duty. Your, your boy is nice in Call of Duty. Like, of course. Bah, bah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, used to, I used to play. I used to be, I used to be good on Call of Duty on 360, yeah. but after that. You, you fall, fall off. Yeah. Downhill it's it's fine. It's fine. And I used to play a lot of Counter-Strike too, like competitively. <laughs> um, mm. But yeah, so uh, I feel like the, the types of games I gravitate towards also inform how, uh, I don't know how I what I value in games and especially how I mm-hmm. cover them because uh, now I've been at GameSpot for over four years at this point and that's that's what I like to put into my work is to kind of like explore the the emotional aspects of these stories and what these stories are trying to say whether it's uh, social commentary what it, what it has to say about humanity or like especially with Final Fantasy fourteen as we'll dig into probably. Uh, deeper into this podcast but there's just there's there's yeah. all these games that i i know and love there's so much to un- unpack because it's it in the process of trying to write about them i am also learning mm-hmm. about myself in a way and then i step back and i think about games like persona yakuza and final fantasy and i'm like yo these, these i wouldn't say that like they're teaching me something but they're helping me kind of um like walk myself through my own uh thoughts and feelings i guess so I'm very thankful for those kinds of games, and that is uh, it's kind of yeah. kind of made me who I am in a way, especially as it relates to my career because you know I get paid to um, cover games. Um, that's not the only thing I do, obviously, with Gamespot, but it's it, those are those are yeah. the things that kind of I value a lot, and those are the things I'm gonna look back on. Like I'll I'll write news articles, I'll get on videos, and I'll, I'll cover all sorts of games. But the things I'll remember most are the ones where I put, kind of put that put that heart and soul into it. Um, but yeah, I'm also, as it not relates to video games, I'm from, I don't know if anyone's going to be familiar, but I'm from Southeast San Diego. It's a, it's a nice little, well, it's a, it's a, uh, a part of San Diego that no one really knows because it's sort of like, I don't know, it gets treated as like, oh, that's the hood. That's the dangerous place. But we got hard out there, Ooh. man. We, we look, we look <laughs> out for each other, you know, there's some bad shit going on around there, but you know what? It's, it's like, it made us who we are in a way. Uh, so like, hey, if anyone wants to pull up, anyone want to pull up and talk shit? Like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to start nothing on here, but I'm what I'm saying is like, hey, listen, I don't, I don't, I don't fuck around, man. <laughs> um, so, okay. uh, but yeah, I got a lot of love uh, and appreciation for where I'm from uh, and the uh, the people who raised me in that community. 
Um, and it, make, it makes you, um, makes me think about how I can do a lot with very little, uh, because that's how we all grew up in, th- in that part of town. It's like, how can we make the most of yeah. very few resources and very few opportunities? And, uh, I feel like that's kind of, that's a big part of how I've been able to, uh, make moves in the video game industry. Cause it's, it's not easy. It's very, it's very exclusive. And not in a way like, oh shit, it's exclusive. Like, oh yeah, I'm I'm an insider or whatever. But it, it's it's hard. It's hard. It, there's very few opportunities within the industry. So, um, yeah, I'm very thankful for it, and I like to think that I'm making the most of it. Uh, of course, recent times have all got us down. Um, it's tough in the streets, yo. Like, damn, it's tough mm-hmm. for everyone. So, um, and people, you know, God's working on all of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so we we uh. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it has affected our work, our thoughts, our feelings, how we talk to people, and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's uh, but uh, I feel like we're in a we're in a fairly decent spot, all things considered. So I'm feeling all right. Yeah, yeah. For for all things considered, obviously, like you mentioned, with everything going on, uh, it's also uh, a opposite of that we've been able to do stuff like this yeah. that you and I are doing. You know, people have connected online a lot a lot uh, more. Uh, people that haven't been able to, you know, oh, we can't meet in person, obviously, but we probably wouldn't have been able to meet in person or had the time prior. I probably wouldn't person. have been streaming if it wasn't. But, uh, so Yeah, so yeah. there's been a lot of opportunities for, for people that have opened up because of this. So it is, obviously, it's super tough, but there is things to look uh back on that have been good yeah definitely definitely i feel you on that this year so 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 yeah speaking of your of your twitch uh michael we mentioned your twitch uh you recently had a this is completely opposite of what we're talking about (laughs) way different from what we're talking about but i did want to ask you that i have you here you had a a just chatting stream i did yeah (laughs) and you spoke about a lot of different Uh things i miss it unfortunately it was a little late but I want I wanted to ask you about Dogecoin. Oh my god, y'all want to talk about Dogecoin, eh? <laughs> oh, my god. Hey, did you yo, invest in this? Yo, Should I listen. invest in this if I want to get rich? What's what's the deal? Here? Uh, yeah, that was that was an interesting time. You know, it's funny you bring it up today because uh, Dogecoin actually uh, spiked this morning again. I noticed. Yeah, I, noticed. I, I, I don't. I already already. <laughs> I, I see. I see you, Kyle. <laughs> uh, I already. I actually already <laughs> cashed out on on my investment. So. Um, basically what I was talking about was like what happened with Dogecoin and how I was able to fucking ca- cash out on that. Um, so amid all the GameStop stock stuff, cause this was right when GameStop stocks hit a critical mass, uh, in, in terms of the news cycle and what was actually happening with the value of the GameStop shares. And I thought to myself, it was too late for me. Cause like GameStop had already, okay, wow. Shit. Imagine yeah. <laughs> GameStop Imagine had that. already spiked and it was like, all right, this is too late. It's it's already hitting hitting its, yeah. its peak. Uh so I'm not gonna get involved in that. And I thought to myself, like, okay, because I was I was scrolling, I was looking through the the various um, investment applications, and I realized how easy it is to buy cryptocurrency. You just put money into your account, your investment account, and you click yeah. buy on cryptocurrency, and then you got it right, th- right then and there. I, this is before they yeah, put in it. restrictions. Now there's a lot of restrictions in how much um, cryptocurrency you can buy. Um, but at the uh, at that in that moment, I was like, okay, GameStop 
shares went up because it essentially went viral over the internet. And I thought to myself, like, okay, I was looking at cryptocurrency, like Bitcoin is super, like, there's no way I can buy Bitcoin. Uh, and I was looking at, like, yeah. Ethereum is whatever. That's kind of like old hat at this point. And I was looking at Dogecoin. I'm like, Dogecoin was pennies on the dollar. And I was like, you know what? I I bet, I fucking bet that these internet, <laughs> these internet motherfuckers is going to try and make Dogecoin go viral too. And I was like, you know what? I'll yeah. put a couple hundred dollars on Dogecoin, whatever. It, it like, if nothing happens, I can just cash out and I'll have the same amount of money as I put in. But if it go, if it does yeah. go viral, boy, uh, and that's that's what <laughs> I that's what I did. I was like, the the night before, uh, um, I went to bed. I was like, oh, I'll put a couple hundred dollars. We'll see what happens. The next day, that the literally the next day, the the value of Dogecoin was spiking wildly. I was just like, I couldn't even concentrate on work because I had my investment app on the second screen. And I was just like watching go up, up. I'm like, do I cash out now? Like, I was had my, I was f- hovering over the 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 sell the sell button to sell my uh, my cryptocurrency, and I was like, yeah. do I do it now? Do I do it now? Oh no, it's spiking, or it, it's dropping, it's dropping, it's dropping. Oh, it's spiking again. Oh, uh, and yeah. so to kind of give a context to what the value of it was, so I had bought. A bunch of dogecoin when it was a penny like 1.1 pennies and then that day it went up to uh three cents and went up to four cents five cents six cents dropped down to five went back up to seven dropped a little bit more went up it peaked at eight cents so basically uh and dogecoin had been much cheaper before i had bought it so i inv- so i bought a bunch of dogecoin at one uh, at a penny per coin that value went mm-hmm. spiked up to eight times the value. Unfortunately, I did not cash out at the peak because I was like, what if it peaks more? What if it peaks more? So that's the thing about investment with uh, what we call that's volatile. It's like it'll spike, it'll drop drastically throughout the course of the day. That's a volatile. Um, that's, that's, that's something that's volatile in like investment. And that, that's the thing, too. I'm like, yo, I can cash out now and get like a couple thousand bucks. Or I could yeah. wait and maybe it'll go to 10,000 bucks at this point. And then uh, eventually at the end of the day, it had reached a point. It's like, if I cash out now, I will at least be satisfied with how much I made. So I cashed out and it kind of like it had evened out a little bit. So I got out mm-hmm. at a pretty good time. It's spiking again, but it is yeah, I the thing. The thing they're trying yeah. to they're trying to get it to a dollar. That's not going to happen. Can you imagine? Yes, because you have people like Elon Musk, and yeah. I just saw Nick Jonas tweet about it. Like, Nick Jonas, so, the fuck? Yeah, I just saw he tweeted about it. So there's people tweeting about mm-hmm. it. I, I, I don't know, man. It, this can. I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, uh, one thing I did say on that stream was that, um, like Dogecoin can spike in value, but it does have its limits. It's not going to get mm-hmm. to a dollar. Like, for it to get to a dollar. Like <laughs> that would break. Like I don't think there is enough people in the world who are willing to invest the money that would get it to spike to a dollar. Like that is very unrealistic. It even getting like re- it hasn't reached uh ten cents yet. But if it reached ten cents, that is that is wild in and of itself. That like mm-hmm. because if it gets to a dollar, you break the fucking economy. <laughs> Like I don't even think there's enough yeah people with money in the world to get it to, to that point, but um yeah a lot of people have they've cashed out and they've made a lot of money off of this off of a meme it's meme currency really it and is it's, yeah. yeah that's just that's just so wild to me man but hey 
I got mines, but I I think the the message uh, I also sent during that stream was that investment is not like this ever. Like once in a blue moon, something like this will happen. Like, yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, Dogecoin is will will fluctuate in value very much, but in terms of like that level of spiking, especially when it uh, as it relates to GameStop stocks, that that it never happens. Like investment is investing is something that you don't see. Um, you don't reap the benefits a day later or a week later or even a month later. It's like over several years, do you actually get something yeah. valuable, valuable out of it? So I know it was like in the conversation, it's fascinating, it's interesting and all that. Um, but for folks who don't under, who might not be familiar with what investing entails, like that is, yeah, that's, it's something like we'll be uh, talking about it yeah. the rest of the year. Yeah. Okay. That's not what we're going to be talking about the whole yes. time. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Stuff. Sorry. So, so let's. Uh, so let's. Uh, before we get into the thick of it, obviously, we'll get into the whole showcase. I do want to. You mentioned a little bit about how you started playing Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. What is your whole history with the franchise? Like, which ones have you played? Mm-hmm. How 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 into it are you? Uh, let's see. So, like I mentioned, Final Fantasy six. Uh, which mm-hmm. was one of the SNES games I held on to uh, when I was a kid. And I played that a lot. And also, before, before he, my brother got rid of it, I played a lot of Final Fantasy IV, uh, which is so 2 and 3. Like, North America had a weird uh, number scheming system for Final Fantasies at the time. Yeah. But for just to keep things consistent, it was Final Fantasy IV and Final Fantasy VI. And yeah. so I remember four being really, really hard at the time because uh, I was like five years old, six years old, whatever. Uh, and then I, f- I thought six was easier, but, but I had more time with six and little did I know that that would be remembered as one of the best final fantasies ever, even to this day. Um, yeah. and the, the thing is, the thing that really hooked me about it is I really like RPG combat systems. I like the tactical aspect, making decisions and then lining th- lining up this spell, this attack, making sure I keep my, my party alive. I just was just fascinated by 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 that like kind of tactical element of it so four and six were formative for me another thing too hooked me is the music i'm replaying final fantasy 4 like actually this weekend and i'm like man these soundtrack nobuo uematsu is just a genius when it came to using the the limitations of you know those old consoles and the the, the soundboards of those old consoles and just creating layered music that is just so catchy so so um so detailed and just really capturing the emotions of like Terra's theme. Terra's theme in the beginning of Final Fantasy VI, it's just like, yo, and you have like the the mechs walking through the snow, and then it's playing Terra's. I'm yeah. like, yo, this is just a masterpiece, timeless, uh, timeless stuff, and all the battle mm-hmm. themes, the boss battle themes, the overworld themes. Um, those are the things I remember a lot because I'll listen. To, like I'll, I mentioned on Twitter, like I don't remember much about Final Fantasy IV because I played it when I was so young. But I listen to music and I remember like I remember how I felt. I don't remember exactly what happened in the games, but I remember how I felt. Um, and that, that's kind of like something that's been very consistent through obviously the whole Final Fantasy franchise. So eventually my brother, like I said, uh, my brother, he's like eight years older than me. So he he got he had a job. Um, he was making money. Uh, so he got a PS1 and he was a Final Fantasy stan also. And I remember just watching him play Final Fantasy seven. Uh, throughout the the entire his entire playthrough i was just like right there with him 
And I was like, ask questions like, oh, go there, do this, do that. Oh, what about this? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, like we're gonna get the strategy guide. We're gonna complete this thing. We're gonna fight all. We're gonna fight emerald weapon, ruby weapon. We're gonna fight all the weapons. Uh, we're gonna do all the side quests that the game doesn't even uh, mention. And I was just like fascinated by like, yo, these games are like 60, 70 hours long, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that that doesn't even tell you that secrets. Um, same yeah. thing with Final Fantasy VIII, and then uh, so by the time nine came out, um. My brother gave me his PS1, so um, I was able to revisit 7 and 8 on my own, and also I got to play 9 by myself as well. So even like the PS1 era is, was also formative to me. Um, and again, it's like the, the music and then like the, the combat systems and the boss battles and just how deep those games go. Um, and again, it, it's like the, the scripts of those games got deeper. They got more complex. The stories got more complex, especially Final Fantasy VIII. And for, I was like nine or ten at the time, and I'm like, yo, these are the stories. I, was, I wasn't reading many books, but I was, I was playing some RPGs, man. Yeah. Like, um, so, yeah, and then eventually my brother got a PS2, so I watched him play Final Fantasy X, same thing. Um, then I picked it back up years later after I watched him play it, and then I kind of fell off, actually. So after Final Fantasy X, um, that was my last Final Fantasy for quite a long time. Oh, and I didn't even mention tactics. So in the PS1 era, my brother and I also fuck with tactics heavy. Oh my god, I love Final Fantasy tactics so much. Because uh, it really distilled down, like, the things that I love about those combat systems is the tactical aspect. And obviously, like, if you build a turn-based tactics game around that, like, hell yeah, let's go. Um, and also that, yeah. that story is uh, very special as well. And like the job system, uh, that, that was wild. Um, so yeah, and then I fell off after, after a while. So I, didn't, I never actually played 12 uh, in its entirety. I picked up the uh, Zodiac Age uh, remake or remaster uh, and played it for a little while just to see what it was, but I haven't like fully played it through. And um, obviously yeah. I didn't have the means to play 11. I wasn't into MMOs at the time. I was too young to be playing MMOs. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and I skipped over 13. I kind of went through a phase where I no longer played many uh, Japanese games or Japanese RPGs. I think the there's a gap between Xenosaga. I played Xenosaga Episode 1, and there was a huge gap until like the 2010s until I when I picked up RPGs big time again, which is weird. So I missed out on, missed out on the initial release of 14. So by the time 15 came out, I had... I was like, oh, okay, like, I'm, I'm back open to the, the, these realms, this realm of games. Play 15, I liked it for what it was. It just didn't ha- capture that same magic. I, I like 15 a lot, uh, but it just wasn't this grand scale of things that I remember from 10 and 7, 8, 9 and 6 and 4 and all that. Um, obviously, not, ga- not every game can do that. <laughs> um, yeah. But I got into Final Fantasy 14 about two years ago. It was two years ago. Um, yeah, in February, um, in 2019, because that time I was looking for a live service game that would hook me. Like, oh, it'd be cool. Like, I tried Destiny. Um, I I played WoW in the past. I played Anarchy Online in the past, but uh, and I enjoyed those games. But it, I never liked got into those games in the way that they would. Like you, you don't see the best parts of those games unless you really invest yourself in them. Right, it's the end game content, um, and stuff like that, and getting into guilds and all that. And I never got that deep into MMOs, 
until Final Fantasy 14 because then I I got like the base game and Heaven's Word for free and I was like oh, okay yeah I got free uh, all right and then I got like two months of uh, subscription for free and I was just like all right let me see what this let me see what this is about and I was enjoying it I was like okay this, this is kind of cool it's like you know it's got some Final Fantasy theming around it I all the chokebo theme I, I know that I'm like oh, it's kind of whimsical mm-hmm. like all oh, these places look really nice and the music was just really really hooking me uh, and this is in a Realm Reborn too so this is like the like this is just what like the game isn't even getting to the good parts and i was just like enjoying it like yeah i'd spend a couple hours a day just leveling up doing quests i'm like oh this is kind of whimsical whatever i don't really i wasn't really invested invested in it i was like oh we'll see how this goes i wasn't sure if i was going to stick around with it but uh what i what I, you know this, this is really dumb so i started a character like a throwaway character just to like feel the game out then I had bought a um, a Fantasia potion to redesign my character, and I made her look like Chie Satonaka from Persona 4, and I named her Chie Sataneko, mm-hmm. and she's a cat, she's a Mikote, and I, she looked, she was just like, like a perfect design, I'm like, yo, this is like a one-to-one creation of Chie, and the Chie is like my favorite character in video games, and I was like, you know what? I'm like super invested in this now. Like Chie is now in a realm, a realm reborn. Like, yo, she's in Final Fantasy 14. Yeah, she like jumped through a TV and now she's boom, she's in Final Fantasy. So that's actually kind of what got me invested to see a realm reborn through. But then once I got to Heaven's Word, like shit changed where like now the focus is on how much I actually care about this world that I'm playing in. So Heaven's Word is like something that really hooked me and um, that's when I was like really started to appreciate I think the 2.5 quests actually um, kind of spoilerish, but things change like there's a dramatic shift in what happens around the world in the 2.5 quests and I was like so and then things happen around the like the scions like shit changes for them the main cast of characters and I'm like oh damn I actually care about these characters this is kind of cool this is kind of yeah. unexpected I didn't expect an MMO to like to to make me like care and fall in love with like these these characters like i thought this was just like oh we're gonna fight wild bosses with and do mmo shit and level up and all that and then that was when i realized how much work gets put into final fantasy final fantasy 14 story and then obviously mm-hmm. early on in heaven's word like when you're walking through the snow and you see the intro cinematic yo the intro cinematic to heaven's word i was like that's when i knew i'm like this game is something special and then just like being with yeah. Alfino you know, the whole time because he's trying to be like the diplomat and all that stuff. And I got really invested in like who he was and just understanding uh, like Heaven's Word is very political. So Ishgard politics and uh, like the mm-hmm. church and state and all that's like that is core to the Heaven's Word narrative. And I'm like, yo, they really went all out on this. And from that point on, I was a stan. Absolutely. And then yeah. so and I got to Stormblood and this is like leading up to Shadowbringers. And I'm like, by the time Shadowbringers came out, I still wasn't caught up, but by the end of 2019, I remember it was Thanksgiving 2019 when I finally played through Shadowbringers, and the end to 5.0, the Shadowbringers story, just completely wrecked me, man. I was like, this is... Mm-hmm. Li- what happens with the Crystal Exarch, who we, you know who it, he is, <laughs> uh, what happens with the Crystal Exarch and Emmett Selk before the final battle i will always remember as one of my favorite video game moments ever ever top five top three maybe top one moments yes and yeah i didn't even talk about how storm how much i like stormblood too because stormblood has a lot to do with 
like the Alamegans taking back their home, leading a revolution, uh-huh. and then like the Domans doing the same t- same thing as well, leading like this two two this pr- two pronged assault against the Garlean Empire. I was like, yo, this is so wild. Yeah, the Stormblood music it, it's, is just it's so. so... Mm, it just really felt so like great, you're yeah. doing something bigger than yourself and you're taking back the homes yeah. of these people who have been oppressed by the Garlean Empire. I'm like, yo, Stormblood is where it's at. Mm-hmm. And you go into Shadowbringers, it's just like a totally different tone where it's a lot more personal, where like the whole the whole realm is at stake. Yet Shadowbringers feels very personal. Like you just you understand who the Scions are in such depth that the game hadn't really gone into before. And I think yeah. like that reminds me of why I love games like Yakuza and Personas because these character stories have something broader to say, and that's exactly what Shadowbringers did. And man, five point three, absolutely like <laughs> so. Five point three, the end of five point three is. I don't know which which moment I like more, the end of five point or the end of five point three. Those are like my one A and one B greatest moments of all time in video games, man. Um, yeah. and yeah, from that point on, which is today, I just like Final Fantasy 14 is the centerpiece of my love for the franchise now. Um, mm-hmm. obviously I remember six and the seven remake, obviously when seven remake came out, I played that through and I just absolutely, absolutely loves what seven re- remake did and a very emotional experience, man. Um, but for me, yeah. 14 is the 14 is the kind of the focal point for now in which I see like whenever i play because like 14 references all the other final fantasies a lot in its material Mm -hmm. but to me it's more of like yeah like my 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 perception of the rest of the franchise now i compare it to like because yeah it's an mmo and i do the mmo shit but that's not my favorite part of the game my favorite part is its storytelling and just how how deep the lore goes and how the, the writing team leverages that deep lore to tell affecting stories. And now that's like the standard of which I hold other games to. And I'll never forget that. And obviously I won't be forgetting about it for the rest of the year because Endwalker is coming at the end, uh, coming in fall 2021. So that's my history yeah, with Final Fantasy. So, so uh, yeah, so that's, you have a huge history. 14 is my biggest foothold in the franchise mm-hmm. itself. Because I haven't played a lot of the other ones. I've, I I was introduced to Seven through the movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw Advent Children yeah. and, and all that stuff. I played Crisis Core on PSP. Mm. Uh, Dirge of Cerberus. I don't know if yeah, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> you see that one. Vincent Valentine all that stuff. So that, that was like... I knew about uh, Final Fantasy and really got into it with fourteen Because like you mentioned, they, they reference a lot of the other, of, of the other games in in this one so i've learned through all of them in different ways through here and so i started playing 14 uh about eight years ago in 2013 damn you're an og when yeah when the when the beta came out for ps4 Mm -hmm. uh they didn't have a big trial they had to try up to level 20 Mm -hmm. and it was just a realm reborn but i i I was like you know whatever let me try it's free trial uh final fantasy is cool i know final fantasy and uh, I, I always like to, I was into MMOs, never really went into one all the way to endgame and all that stuff. So I tried it. I always like to customize my characters as, back then, as my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, I always made them after my girlfriend, which is still my girlfriend now. So luckily I've, I've had that. that connection. <laughs> yeah. I've had that connection with her in the game. And uh, so, so I, I've always liked to do that. 
uh, and and customize them after her, make them look like her, and all, and all that stuff. So all, all that good stuff. And I, like you mentioned, you know, falling in love with these characters. I have known them since that time. Yeah, you that's know? wild. And I, I, I grew up with them. And then I, I don't remember exactly what you're talking about in two point five. I think you, I know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you're talking about when we lose a certain character. Is, is that yeah, what you're talking yeah, yeah. about? Uh-huh. Yes. Like when okay. everyone has to that escape. That was the uh, uh, Uldar. Yeah. yeah. Yes. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. So that that was one of the first times in that game where I was like, "Wow, yeah, <laughs> this is making me me cry." And and losing them is is so tough. But eventually, I think we're talking about different stuff. I'm talking about uh, Matoya's time in Edelshire. Oh. That 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 Matoya where where we see her. Uh I'm talking about him in Philly. I don't know who who Oh yeah. yeah. Who yeah. yeah. Is that who we're talking yeah, about? Tom. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, that, that's why well <laughs> Yeah so that was yeah. that was a long time ago for me. That's yeah. why but uh but yeah doing that stuff like that happening is it was was so emotional for me. And then and then you know Shadowbringers obviously is super personal but also does a lot of callbacks to everything. Yeah. You know, so uh, this it, it's it's just so special. Man. Yeah, fourteen is it, it truly yeah, is so special. I, I, You're talking about this the story and all that stuff, and and these characters getting to know them and seeing some of them again after years, mm-hmm. like and they're different now. And and growing up with them is so cool. Damn, I wish so interesting. I wish but, I I wish I started yeah. back then because like. Yeah. Ah, man. I, I play I play these games in such a short span, and I, I feel like I've been with them for a very long time, but I can't imagine what it's like to be like, to wait for each yeah. expansion every time, and wait for each patch, and see what happens next for like the past That's another eight years. Thing. I assume this is your first expansion that you're gonna hop in the first day, I'm assuming. Uh, I, I hopped into Shadowbringers day one with my alt character, because uh, I needed, I needed to one. do it okay. for coverage, but my main character, uh, yeah. I was still... I was I had started Stormblood by the time Shadowbringers came out with my main character, so I was okay. I was playing yeah. through a little bit of Shadowbringers. Like I played up to Holminster Switch, so I made it to the first dungeon, uh, and I didn't really know what was going on. So thankfully, it wasn't like terribly spoiled on how the transition happens from Stormblood to Shadowbringers. Yeah, um, it didn't like it didn't ruin anything at all because I had no clue. I'm like, what the hell? This is a realm like a new. The first? What the hell is the mm-hmm. first? <laughs> exactly. Sh- shit's going down. There's like angels killing people. What the fuck? Like, what the hell's going on? Um, but it, it's um, it's interesting because when when these new expansions, when they when they update the game, patch it, new expansion comes oh. out. Uh, it's not just the story adding, but it's it's the community that changes yeah. as well, which is so incredible. Because everyone, you're looking at the chat. Everyone's so excited. Everyone's talking. And the thing is, uh, I remember Stormblood, uh, when the first quest you have to talk to Raubon, mm-hmm. uh, people called that just talking to him an extreme trial because nobody could yeah. do it because <laughs> everyone like was surrounding him. surrounding him. <laughs> yeah. And it would disconnect you always. So that's like a history, like a memory that I have yeah. of, of, you know, the new expansions and stuff. So it's super exciting. That, you know, expansions are freaking Yeah. Fun. And now we got Endwalker. So. So let's get in there. All right, let's do it. Let's 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 go into the thick of it. So this past Friday, we got a new expansion announcement mm-hmm. called Endwalker: Final Fantasy. 
2014 online anime. And we saw a trailer. Oh, by the way, the trailer. Uh, I know you tweeted this out, Michael. Alex underscore Mukala on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, that's my guy. He he did the dopest remix <laughs> to that trailer music. I have that's so awesome. Mixed with Daft Punk. So if you guys want to check that out, check that out. My God. But yeah, that that thing was awesome. I love Alex so much. Yeah, and he also did the seven remake thing. The that 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 was that was so incredible. Yep. He he. His his goal is to compose for them, so hopefully he gets. Yeah, to he's shooting a he shot. He's that. he's getting noticed by Masayoshi yeah. Silken too. Like they're going back and there forth. There you go, dude. There you go. So great for yeah. him. Uh, so anyway, in the trailer, we don't have to go into all of it because obviously I don't want to, uh, you know, spoiler, spoil spoil it for people. Uh-huh. Um, but so we saw for the first time in a long time we saw Alice and Alphano mm-hmm. uh, in a cinematic trailer. Yep. And they were with uh, the Warrior of Light, and uh, they were fighting some sort of dragon. I think this was narrated by Emmett Selk. I think so, yeah. If if I'm if I'm correct, uh, but Alphino is sporting a new job in this yep. that we'll talk about later. I saw those little weapons in the trailer, and I was like, "Holy shit, dude! What is yep. that, man? Oh my god!" I was like, I what, kn- is, "What are they doing?" I knew they were going to show a new class in here. I was like, "Yeah, I was expecting that how, how are they going to show it? How, who's going to who's going to be sporting it?" Because uh, obviously, exactly. we saw a dancer in the Shadowbringers. Um, yes, uh, in, in there, and uh, um, but I was like, "Okay, how are they going to show it off?" And the fact that they they make Alphino uh-huh. the one who takes up the yes, new, takes up the new job, and, and it looks so fucking cool too. Like. It's not just oh it here's really another does. job. It's like yo, this job has got no. swag. Like yo, this no, it 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 does look so cool. We'll talk a little bit yeah. more about that job a little bit later. But th- there's another thing that I remember being mentioned by Alice at the end of Shadowbringers when uh, they're in uh, more Donna at the end, uh-huh. and she talks about uh, taking up a new martial art or something. She wants to be do oh, yeah. something different. So I figured they were hinting there at her changing job. Uh, and here we just see that she changes. She has a new wardrobe yeah. uh, change, obviously. But I wonder if maybe she will change jobs in the future. Yeah. at some point. Yeah, throughout this expansion. Because also, uh, Yoshiki uh-huh. mentioned that the 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 other new job that's coming with this is a melee DPS. Uh, it is. We, uh, we yes. don't. They haven't said anything about what it is, but uh, maybe maybe it's. Uh... Yeah, we'll, we'll predict. Yeah, predict. <laughs> we, I have some predictions. Okay. Um, but other than that, the title class is now Paladin. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the exact opposite of Shadowbringers, which was a Dark Knight. Uh, so I know you covered the whole announcement showcase. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to go into every single thing. Um, but the story pretty much is the climax of everything we've been going through since the beginning. Uh, the story of Hydaelyn and Zodiac. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of references to Final Fantasy IV, which you said you're starting to play yeah. now. Uh, so, I mean... I haven't played it. Oh snap! Yeah, so, uh, I, I figured I figured I should now seeing this. Yeah. As, so what do you what do you think about the trailer? How do you how do you feel about it? Um, obviously this is this is this is just the the teaser trailer because um, yeah, teaser trailer. The, the the full one is probably gonna be like six seven minutes. This is like two <laughs> and a half minutes, but um, man, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Like, cause. Like the whole moon thing is that's the first thing you see it's crazy. in here. And they're not they're not like trying to hide it. That's not trying to be a big surprise. That's that's a thing that they're straight up saying, like, yeah, we're going to the moon and you're gonna be there and there's like <laughs> some shit's gonna go down there. 
that's the first thing you see. And it's kind of an overwhelming yeah. thing of like, because we, we've, throughout the game, you see the Asians, um, they meet mm-hmm. on the moon and they're like, when they ever, whenever they need to conjure up their, their wild schemes or whatever. But it's kind of like always yeah. this thing of like, what, what, what purpose does it actually serve? Is it just like a way to show that Asians are otherworldly? But the fact that you're walking on it, it just it has like this grand sense of scale um, that Final Fantasy, or at least 14, always hits. Um, and I don't know, it, it feels like there's like wild implications for like why you have to do that. What's happening with the world? Because like the whole thing of... Because at the end of 5.3, you got the, the villains... I won't say who they are, mm-hmm. but like the villains are talking about like burning the world down. It's like, okay, yeah, whatever. Y'all are evil and shit. Of course you want to burn the world yeah. down or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Which I'm not, st- I'm still not terribly convinced uh, as I- I'm not like villains are always a-, a tricky thing for me. Like I want to, I want to hate a villain, but for, uh, for reasons more than, oh, they're evil bastards who want to burn the world down. So I yeah. feel like there still needs to be a lot more work um, towards that to get me invested in that regard. But you see, well, that's what MXL was. Uh, he was he was a very relatable, yeah, villain in a way. You understood what he was doing and why he was doing yeah. it. So, uh, so I, I, I mean, I, yeah. I trust them to kind of have the reasons and have that built through either five point five or throughout six point with N Walker. But mm-hmm. you, in the trailer, you see like the map burning, and then obviously yeah. in when transition to the fight fight scene with Alice Alphano and the Warrior of Light like the world is burning around them and when you look at some of the artwork uh, for the one of the some of the new dungeons the world is burning around them so it really feels like things are things are changing like for real for real like because Stormblood was about taking back uh, your land and then Heaven's Word was about mm. to integrate Ishgardians into the broader story and the Shadowbringers took place on another realm so here it's it's finally like okay we're gonna something something with huge implications is going to happen to the world that we've we've had since 1.0 actually yeah um, and i feel like that got across in the in the trailer um but also yeah it's just like a lot of references to like shit burning like you have the mm-hmm. villain <laughs> looking at a pile of something with the i'm watching the trailer right now and just like looking at a yeah. looking at something burning like everything's just burning <laughs> and then you see uh what's his face fucking Zeno sitting on a throne watching things burn <laughs> like what the- he's bad he's a bad I hate that fool so too. much I hate him so much but he's so cool <laughs> he's so yeah. cool and then like having so it, and then it ends with the with the warrior of light looking at the world from the moon it's just like yeah so many questions it, it, uh, yeah so this is something that uh, that they did with Shadowbringers 2 was the the cinematic, the trailer and the opening cinematic kind of laid all these cards on the table without telling you anything about that. So it's kind of like this in media res sort of thing. Like, this is where you're going to be. But mm-hmm. that, while that might be an exciting part, like, oh, well, how it would like getting to the moon, it's, it's more about the journey, not the destination. <laughs> uh, really, because like Shadowbringers, like, yeah. I didn't, you don't realize until the end of Shadowbringers that that whole cinematic is what happens before you get there, before you get to the first, is showing all of your what they what you, all of the scions have been doing as they wait for you to show up, and that was mm-hmm. just like such a wild revelation to to see and and feel, and then I feel like this is also showing you this is putting all the cards on the table of what's happening at the end of this thing, but again, 
Yeah. It's it's about how you get there. And I just I just love that Alfino and Alice are in this and that they are a focal mm-hmm. point because I love them so they much. Look so good. Yeah, they look great. It's the first time you get to see them in a cinematic and they just look incredible. Yeah. Oh, I love them. Yeah. And like having showing Alfino like because you always think of him as a diplomat, right? That's kind of like his thing since mm-hmm. Realm Reborn and especially in Heaven's Word. And he's been a healer and Sage is a healing class, but it's also it looks like a very aggressive healing class. And I just it does. I yeah. just love how you get to see Alfino be the one who like comes to Alice's rescue instead of like Alice just whooping ass, which she obviously she still does, but it's kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, now Alfino is like pulling his weight finally, like He's been cool mm-hmm. and I'll protect him and all that. And he'll heal us. But to see him like mm-hmm. pull up like, yo, motherfucker, what's up? Uh, do but, something. Yeah, like, yo, fight that's himself. my yeah. guy. Yo, that's my <laughs> yeah. guy. Uh, yeah. yeah. This, yeah. Obviously, I want to see the full thing, but this, this trailer yeah, there's, is there's, really good. It's really, really good. There's still so many things that, that we, we don't know. And there's so many questions that the trailer raised. Yeah. But, uh, but aside from the trailer, we obviously got, uh, you know, of course, with every new expansion, one of the things people are most excited about is new job. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Heaven's Ward, we got Dark Knight, Machinist, the Strelogian, and Stormblood, we got two DPS, the Sam and the Red Mage, and finally in Shadowbringers, we got Gunbreaker and the Dancer. Mm-hmm. And for Endwalker, we're receiving two new classes, like you mentioned earlier, melee DPS, and the healer is the one that they announced this time. Uh, the melee DPS is at FanFest in May, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the healer, I think they also mentioned, well, they did mention that the healers are now going to be split into like two subclasses. There's going to be barrier healers and pure healers, Mm -hmm. uh, making the white mage and astrology and the pure healers and the scholar and the sage barrier healer. Mm -hmm. Like you said, they they look so aggressive. They look so badass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The the new lift weapons are like like a Gundam reference sort of (laughs) like, like. Is this making you want to play healer? Yeah. Do you play healer? I, I what, do. what do you play? I so I'm a I'm a ninja main. Um okay. that's that's the class I've been uh playing since day one. Or well, I was mm-hmm. I was monk or pugilist, and then eventually I switched to rogue because you gotta get to level fifteen. And then I got yeah. rogue and I stuck with ninja. And then I started leveling up uh, monk and other classes along with it. But I always play ninja. That's that's what okay. I'm gonna play when I jump into Endwalker. And that's that's what I play when I'm doing all the end game content. Uh, I love yeah. how complex ninja is, like how much stuff you have to juggle, and uh, yeah, with the ninjutsu and all. Yeah, that stuff. I made it hard for myself, but it's a ton of fun. <laughs> I have a lot of fun playing uh, playing ninja, but I do play mm-hmm. a healer. I play astrologian as healer because I do like. So the thing too about astrologian is like, because uh-huh. I was thinking about, I want to, I want to play healer. I want to try something different. Um, and this was like, this is after, this is post Shadowbringers. Like I'd already played all the way up to five uh, by the time I decided to try healing get really really mm-hmm. nervous about that um it is very scary yeah, yeah nerve so Extremely yeah real. yeah so I, I i have scholar and i have astrologian but i lean towards astrologian because the theme of tarot cards fits in with mm-hmm. the fact that i am playing a persona character <laughs> it's kind of cool it's like oh shit like i, I yeah. we know tarot cards from from persona and the arcana and all that but i think astrologian is fun too because of how much stuff you have to juggle like while pulling up the cards um and doing all that uh it's i i got the hang of it i got the hang of it so Mm -hmm. but sage looks yo like the main thing the reason why i play ninja is because the number one priority is not like i mean all all the all the jobs and classes in final fantasy 14 are pretty like well balanced all things considered like you Mm -hmm. can thrive with any any job any class 
doesn't really matter. As long as you can play that class or job well, you'll be good. Um, so the number one priority for me is looking dope. Like, does this job look dope 100%. to play? Is it fun to play and does it look cool? Because uh, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's the number one thing. I want, I want my character to have some swag. I want to I I see them do some of badass course, things. You know what I'm saying? That's why I play Ninja. Because Ninja looks so cool like when you're playing it. So Sage, yeah. if like obviously we, we got clips of Sage in, in game. I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. all right, this is this is I'm gonna switch over. Like Astrologian's cool and all, but I'm just like sitting there, I'm like pulling up cards, boom, pulling up cards, boom. <laughs> like, you know, and then like for scholar, you have you essentially have a uh, a summon doing a lot of that for you. But this mm-hmm. sage, oh boy, let's sign me up. Let's go. And it starts at level 70 no, also. Yeah, it looks awesome. I've uh every single expansion that's come out, I played every class that came with mm-hmm. it. So I think all the new uh, classes, not the not the base ones, the newer classes that have come out since Heaven's Word, I have maxed. Yeah. Uh, so I, obviously I'm gonna hop into Sage as soon as that comes out. But we're also getting the a freaking melee DPS. Mm-hmm. I thought we were gonna get a caster because we haven't seen one in a while, yeah. and there's only three blue mages that really count. Yeah. That's a, a limited job. So there's only three uh, casters right now, but. As for my predictions for melee DPS, I took I'm taking cues from Final Fantasy XI, mm-hmm. and the melee uh, physical uh, DPS classes that we that had that they have there that we haven't seen yet are Beastmaster and Puppet Master. Mm-hmm. So, I I think we might see a Beastmaster. What do you? How do you? I, I actually you think I have that? no idea. Like I. Because yeah, they could just have something entirely new. I don't, I don't know what they. I could have, have no idea. Like if it's, yeah, I, I, I literally have no idea. Like because <laughs> there's so many, there's so many DPS classes, and I feel like they've mostly yeah. exhausted all of the all the reference material from uh, of previous Final Fantasies. But man, I just, it's up in the air, man. Yeah. I'm not going to be making any predictions. The, the thing that they do though is. Uh, with Astrologian specifically, I think there was it. That was from a reference from a game of uh, from one of the Final Fantasy games of an NPC that did one thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, with their LB three or something, and then that's how they made this entire yeah. class based off of that one thing. Uh-huh. So obviously, it can it can be anything. I would love to see a Beastmaster. That would be freaking awesome. Having someone that you have a you know you have constantly have a pet with you. Yeah, that fights with you. That would that would yeah. be so freaking. I could see that. And they've mentioned it before. And I also don't know if you've, you've been playing Bozja. Uh, I think you, you did jump into it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I did. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a lot of Beastmasters there. Oh, yeah? So, so that's a huge hint as to okay. them bringing that out. So maybe we can see that. That would be awesome. I don't know what we could see. Obviously, they can do whatever they want. Uh, I'll play it either way. Uh, but... People are excited for it. People are excited. Yeah. Nonetheless. I'm super excited for that. So freaking awesome. (laughs) So. Oh, man. But other than classes, we obviously, we're always going to get new areas. Mm -hmm. And here we got, we're finally going to Garlemald. Yeah. Which is the heart of the Garlean Empire, which they've been our enemies the entire game pretty much. So what do you think of this place? This looks freaking we didn't get a lot of information on it, but it looks yeah, it looks intense. They they so war torn and I, I don't know. It, it's it's really I feel I feel like this. It, I think this. 
I get a certain feeling from like seeing Garlemald burnt to the ground, basically, mm-hmm. because like you said, we've been fighting the Garlean Empire the entire time. And the easy thing to kind of think is like, OK, when are we going to get there? When are we going to like actually take the take the fight to their homeland yeah. and finally like dethrone their um, their empire? But it's like, no, nah, that, that's that's not why we're going to be going there. Like mm-hmm. this shit is already wrecked by the time we get there. And I think that that I, I like that twist because it makes you it, it reminds you that while the Garlean Empire was always your enemies and you always took the fight to them, there's there's something more, there's something bigger that's driving the driving conflict in this game. And so and also judging from the artwork is that, you know, Gar- the Garlean Empire is only a how do you, how do I say this? It is only an extension of the broader schemes that are happening. Whenever there's like a villain or whatever, it's mm-hmm. it's like the the Garlean Empire is a tool, but not the source of yeah. the evil that you are fighting. Um, and I feel like that that really uh, hammers that that kind of perspective, that message. And when you see when you look at the trailer and the uh, the, uh, the the villain who will we will keep unnamed, I guess is um underground mm-hmm. it looks like he's underground and and when you kind of look at the artwork for one of the dungeons it looks like you're underground in a sort of like an organic sort of monster-ish like mm-hmm. thing so this has me thinking about like and like if you played at the end of 5.4 there's like some connection there that you can already make as to what's happening so it makes me think like and <laughs> There's a lot of I don't know if this I can't remember if this was confirmed or not. Of like, uh, yeah, I think it was in the story. Like, Hylian is also a primal, so yeah. like Hylian is a living being, and this world we call Hylian. I feel like the implications that below the surface of your planet is actually a living being. That's mm-hmm. you know that that, and when you see what happens at the end of five point four, it's like. The planet itself is the source of the bad shit that has happened in this world, and like the Garlean Empire is just one mechanism of that. So, I feel like there's going to be a lot of lot of answers to a lot of questions when you get to the Garlean Empire, and I, I feel like with it being leveled, the focus isn't necessarily fighting the fighting in Garlemald. It's like let us sort through the rubble to find out what happened here but what has what has led to why the garland empire is what it is and obviously yeah. we got we got some answers with that with um emmett selk and uh and xenos and mm-hmm. all the family drama that happens like why like who drove the garland empire to rise to power or whatever and what purpose did it serve and how did it get its power and all that i feel like those questions have been largely answered but there's within that are more answers for the nature of the planet itself and i feel like i don't know i'm excited to explore garlemald finally it's and we saw a little bit of it yep. in patch quests with um with gaius and Estinian. Uh, but to we actually go there and through to peruse the histories there i think that's that it's gonna have big implications uh for the broader narrative so i'm excited about yeah. that yeah, we also saw the land of Thavnir, mm-hmm. which is like home to the dancer job pretty much. And 
And in that location, we saw Rad's at hand, which is like similar to Yulemore. It's it's kind of the the end game location where we have all our vendors. And this this part in the in the showcase is where I sort of teared up because uh-huh. I was like, that is not where I'm gonna spend a lot of my time. Yeah. So I'm so excited <laughs> to be there. Yeah. Uh, this place looks so beautiful. Man. It looked like yeah. a, like a Mayan Moroccan island. I don't know. It looked so so cool uh yeah it's yeah it's very like tropical and yeah i feel like it pulls from a lot of like south uh and southeast asian like cultural Mm -hmm. references and like a lot of like south american uh stylings too like aztec and like mayan type of um imagery Mm -hmm. there so i'm i'm really i'm i'm hyped to see how they uh how that's portrayed in the game but it's also just like, oh, this is like a nice new city to be in because like, yo, it's yeah. the end of the world. But, you know, I want to <laughs> obviously they're not going to destroy the whole world because then that would completely wipe the out game. the entire game. Like, obviously, they would have they done what they've done before. I mean, <laughs> if you remember 1.0 <laughs> they they did for just, a reason, though, yeah, because the 1.0 was trash. That was awesome, though, the way they yeah. the way they tied that into the story of the game, along with deleting mm. the game. Never forget it. Nobody can do that. Yeah, that, nobody can do that. That. I still I, I tell people to watch that. Have you seen the documentary uh, No Clip? Yeah, yeah. I tell people to watch that before they start playing the game, just so they could see the history of that. Yeah. How, how that that's incredible. But yeah. obviously, that's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, Dabnir looks cool, man. I'm I'm excited to go there uh, and see see what's up uh, with with that. Obviously, they mm-hmm. get they get into um, much more details than like what it looks like and what you'll be doing there. But yeah, it's one of the bigger zones, and it looks. It looks really dope, and I'm excited uh, to hear what kind of music uh, we're gonna get in there oh, that's too. That's another thing, yeah. Like uh, the Raktika Greatwood, awesome music that we have yeah. on Shadowbringers. So, yeah, that's another thing I haven't thought about the music that we're gonna get in these locations. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's what are they gonna play in Garlemald and stuff? That I'm excited. Yeah. 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 Um. So obviously they they announced so many other things. We don't have to go through all. Of them. There's just some things I want to touch on. Sure. Um, uh, there's new raids. Uh, obviously, these these are different from before. These are now uh, exclusive to 14, rather than how they have mm-hmm. the you know the near one and Final Fantasy 12 and different ones and yeah and stuff like that. These are exclusive to the to the game. They're wholly original. Uh, so, do you get into the raids a lot or? Yeah, yeah. I, I like yeah. I like doing the um, the alliance raids and the normal raids. The alliance raids are the best. Yeah, yeah. Those Especially are... like the the two point um the coils of Bahamut. Like mm-hmm. those those are actually like really wild. I did uh I like if you do it for the story, um it basically recounts the like obviously like Al- so in it Alize walks you through all the different uh, implications of what happened in one point and the. Mm-hmm. Uh, of what happened to um, her grandfather, uh, a R.I.P. to uh, to the god uh, Louis, Louis Swa. That's our that's our boy, and um, and I'm re- I'm really I'm always fascinated by how what they do. Like Alexander's great, Omega's great, and um, the Eden raids are, are are great as well. Like the story yeah. between Reen and Gaia, like yo, people make are it to in the love end. with that right now. Yeah, you make it to the end of the Eden raids. I'm like yo yo no, <laughs> her memories no, we gotta fight. Uh, and they, they always do something special and it's never it's never like this one-off thing just to have content for content's sake there's always implications so as for the alliance raid here it's like for the past two like you mentioned the near automata for 
uh, near automata crossover for shadowbringers and then the um the final fantasy 12 and tactics crossover for um stormblood but yeah they basically said that the alliance the 24 player alliance raid this time around is going to answer questions uh, like lingering yeah. questions uh, about the world and I'm like, okay, that that's that, I kind of wanted. As exciting it is as it is to kind of um, dream up whatever crossover you want, because like I don't know, maybe there's like a yeah, uh, there's like a Evangelion crossover or some mm-hmm. kind of other like crossover with another Final Fantasy or whatever. Uh, I really want to. I feel like they can do so much more uh, with with what with the lore of this world if they focus these alliance raids on the game itself, and also the A player raid is. You know, they tease that it's centering around La Habrea, who is obviously someone that we haven't seen since since 2.0. Yeah. We, we beat they ass, right? We uh, did. Or th- yeah. And then, so there's, I kind of I kind of like that both, both raid sets, it, at, at least from what they've said so far, are focusing on um, going deeper into the lore mm-hmm. rather than like trying to create... Um, completely new stories i mean they, they will be completely new stories in the broader context but uh, they will serve as to be a better understanding of final fantasy 14 itself and that that's like i mentioned yeah, that great. yeah like stories are the things that hook me the most and so if that's the focus of those i'm i'm hyped up for them man yeah yeah we also we also got new dungeons as always the new dungeons are always coming Mm-hmm. and uh which all look great we just got art on them so we don't know much about them but yeah. we also got estinian as a new trust system yeah. party member and so i want to ask you michael who's your favorite character in the game mine is Ishtola. <sighs> i love it yeah so i was gonna say yo Ishtola, yeah. yo uh, hey cat girls you know what i'm saying <laughs> oh she's the best i i yeah she's she's the best she's so great i love her attitude um, and she's so she i think she's probably the most powerful one there yeah because she yeah. she does she does a lot of shit for us yeah like she, yo, it, <laughs> yeah when the when the shadow when in the Shadowbringer cinematic when when everything's burning down the rock Tika great words oh, and she's like she's like nah man we're we're fucking holding the line until the yeah. warrior like gets here i don't mm. give a fuck and i'm like yo <laughs> let's go and, yes dude and then the guy got uh early on jay in the back like hey like listen we we yeah. have a choice here we can we can embrace this fate or we can do something else he's like nah <laughs> Hell no, nah. we're staying right <laughs> fucking here. Uh, yeah. Also, she's like um, I don't. It also it also makes for very warm moments, like at mm-hmm. the end of the Kitana Ravel when um she looks up at the sky and asks Urianje to describe it to her, and I'm just like fuck, yeah. shit. Those yeah. moments get to me, and she's like how how uh she's also a scholar too. Like obviously Urianje kind of leads the charge in terms of um unpacking like. The world and how it works and all this stuff as we've seen throughout the game mm-hmm. uh, but she is also someone who um has a lot of knowledge to share as well to impart on everyone else yeah and she's like the most level-headed uh, as well um and i feel like alice and alfino learn a lot from her and as the player you learn a lot from her as well uh so she's she's and she's, she's you know cat girls you know you know what i'm yeah, saying she's, uh, <laughs> hey, she's pretty dude. she's pretty yeah, she, she's, she's the one she's the one uh Top tier, top tier waifu. I yeah. love her so much. Oh, I, I, uh, so I will always take her into the trust. So it's always so I'm DPS, she's DPS, and then I always have um, uh, Alfino as my uh, healer. Mm-hmm. And I gotta use I gotta use Thancred. 
yeah as my tank because i have no choice <laughs> oh man but yeah so there's there's a uh two last things that I want. um the island sanctuary that they mm-hmm. talked about here it looks like we're getting a animal crossing yeah up in final fantasy now dude so I don't, we never gotta leave you know what yeah. i mean well, yeah, and the- <laughs> what do you are you gonna are you gonna go into this are you gonna do this probably uh, i haven't i haven't dove deep too much into crafting and gathering so yeah. they're pitching island sanctuary as a thing that anyone can do like you don't have to have exactly a high level crafter or gatherer like you do for ishgard restoration mm-hmm. um like ishgardian restoration is like such a such an like smart concept it's so awesome yeah it's it, it is such a smart move um that ties into the story that gives crafters and gatherers such like a greater purpose um but i haven't been able to engage with it because i'm mm-hmm. not i'm not at the level i don't dive deep too deep into i would like to but i just i'm just not there yet yeah. with it so if this is this is kind of like that as or it seems like it's going to be something similar but not for crafting and gathering like harvest moon type stuff like yo i, I can chill on a on a nice chill island in the game Mm -hmm. after after we save we're gonna save the world and go to the moon but you know i can come back to my farm and yeah you know tend to some animals and just relax yeah it's like you can release your minions and stuff like that so yeah yeah and it's just final fantasy 14 has such a variety of of gameplay experiences Mm -hmm. it's not just about like queuing up for extreme or savage like extreme trials or savage raids man yeah Um, i just feel like they just keep delivering man like they really do. Whatever, whatever, whatever this might be, there's probably going to be like some th- quirks to work out because it's completely new content. It's not like building off of anything previously we've seen already. So yeah, there'll be some quirks to it. But the fact that they're like they're trying again to implement something else, like mm-hmm. unmatched, yeah, in terms of like the breadth of content. You mentioned this Guardian restoration. I think you know for people that are watching or listening to this, I wanna I wanna touch on that a little bit because it is so cool. So mm-hmm. there's crafters and gatherers in the game obviously those different classes that you that you craft and gather with what they do with this guardian restoration is there's this there's this uh i guess you could say town or residential district that is all dismantled and destroyed yeah so they have uh pretty much set all the crafters and gatherers in the games in the servers to start turning in uh different items uh crafting different things repairing different things to eventually make this residential district a real thing in the game for people to start yeah. living in so the the every server is adding to it to eventually now in this new expansion it will be completed and people can start living in these <laughs> in these homes it's such a cool concept oh, that man. they're doing that i touched on i i went into it for a little bit when it first came out but i i get like you i'm not really into the crafting gathering stuff so it's it is a cool you know aspect of the game that they do for those for the crafters and gatherers so yeah Yeah. that's the thing that's another thing about final fantasy 14 is like how interconnected everything is it's not just like stories between expansion packs and things that have been referenced in previous mainline stories yeah even even something like the crystal tower being the basis of shadowbringers the crystal Mm -hmm. tower two point uh 2.0 content mm-hmm. is the basis for 5.0 content yeah and the way like how closely tied and how smartly tied together that is is a testament to how how much forethought they have 
but also the fa- and I also talked to, when I talked to Yoshi P um, about like how they make different content. He's just like, I want players can play whatever they want, but the more that you play, the more you realize how interconnected everything is because we don't want to put something there just for the sake of content. Yeah. It has it serves a purpose for players understanding and investment in the world. So even something like Ishgardian Restoration, and then now you're going to get a re- residential district for players to actually buy houses in Ishgard. That's so cool, man. That, it is. Mm. It is man. awesome. Yeah. Uh, so awesome. So yeah. awesome. Everything they announced. <laughs> obviously, we didn't go through all of it. We could go through all of it for the rest of the day. Uh, obviously, I don't want to keep you here, Michael, the whole day. Oh, I'm I, chilling. I'm I, chilling. I, I, I would. I would. But <laughs> I don't want to do that. Maybe you want to see the Super Bowl mm. or whatever. You know, who knows? Who knows? Um, uh, who knows? Fantasy <laughs> takes priority. You know what I'm saying? I mean, of course. We haven't even get to 5.5. So if you stuck as around and watch the live letter, I did not actually. I did not uh, want to get into the live that. letter too. It was like midnight. And I was. I got like a wild headache. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm finishing up my story. Boom, publish. Uh huh. All right. <laughs> I I saw a video on a little summary of it, but they said after that new expansion announcement, it wasn't too much. You know, like, how are you going to follow up after all that stuff? Yeah. So, but there's some good stuff in that live letter that, that we're going to see that's going to, I guess, connect to, to Endwalker. Yeah. So, awesome for that. What do you, what do you want to see for the future? Like, I want to see some money in my bank account. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> for the future of Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. I see Kyle over there nodding. Yo, you know the vibes. I forgot to, I forgot to mention Kyle's here with us. Mike, uh, Kyle, if you have any questions. He's not on camera, hello. but he's, he's there. He's listening. So, <laughs> hello, Kyle. I forgot to mention you earlier. Sorry about oh. that. But uh, he's here. He, has, he doesn't play. He, he should. He should. Maybe one day. <laughs> As all you guys should. I've 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 yeah, I've, I've, I've played all of the like mainline Final Fantasy games from ten to the most mm-hmm. recent one, but none of the online ones. So I've skipped eleven and fourteen. So you'll, yeah, you'll get there. You'll get there eventually. It, I mean, it uh, it, so, it looks it looks good, but I just have no idea that there's there's so much. I'm just like, uh, this is yeah. a lot. Yeah, it, it can be, it can be over. I, I, I totally understand. Yeah. Like as much as I try to convince people to do it, mm-hmm. um, like I want to respect people's like, <laughs> uh, decisions or like, you know, it's sure. maybe the now's not the time. So yeah, I feel you. Sure. No pressure, man. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. Sp- speaking um, of getting people to play the game. So I obviously, uh, when you accepted doing this, Michael, I asked people on Twitter, uh, to ask you questions, ask me or you questions, whatever they want to ask. And uh, we got a few questions about people that want to get into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you answered one of them. Uh, DJ yeah. Chris V at Chris V Miami, he asked you as a complete noob, how would I get started? I want to get to the moon. And you <laughs> hey, responded hey, with, yeah, you responded with your beginner article, uh-huh. uh, which again, everyone go check out. Awesome thing right there. Uh, so that you answered, but here's another one. That I want to ask you. This is from Kevin Diaz at the K Diaz one two three. He asked, "Would this be a good jumping on place for someone that played Final Fantasy VII Remake as their first Final Fantasy mm. and loved it so much that they played the original all the way through? I'm still kicking around the idea of jumping into 15 and 16 when they come out, but what about 14?" Ooh, um, I you know what the the thing about Final Fantasy 14 is like. You don't 
you don't need any like obviously there's a lot of references to Final Fantasy, but you don't need to know anything about the previous games. It's yeah. for there's a lot of people who this is their this is their first and for some this is their only Final Fantasy game. Um because it's such a different beast. And I yep. always say there's no with each each patch, with each update, there's never been a better time to jump into the game. Um but yeah, this this will be this is a perfect time to get into this it's always the best time uh to get into the game uh but i do think i always i'm I'm sure when you talk to people about the game and i always mention this too is to kind of set your expectations when getting first into it if you are not if you're not familiar with how mmos work um especially but also just like i love what a realm reborn does Mm -hmm. but understand that it's not the most exciting thing uh, in the game, it, it's the quests are pretty ver- are very basic, and some of the exposition might not matter to you. It will like those things matter eventually, but as long as you have a like you pay a decent amount of attention to what happens in a realm reborn, I think that's that's good enough. So, and it takes a lot of time to get there. They've truncated a realm reborn uh, um, from with uh, the five point three patch, so yeah. it's not as drawn out as it once was. It still can be a little bit, it still takes some time to get there, but yeah, after 5.3, it's kind of like, okay, now's the time. If you want to start, start now uh, because of how much they've condensed the game and just improved the the overall beginner experience. So yeah, now, mm. now's, a, now's a great time to get into it. But uh, yeah, like peep my guide if you need a little bit of, um, a little bit of like setup for it. Other than like, cause for me, I jumped into it straight up. I didn't look at no guides. I was just like, I played an MMO before and it's like, boom. All these menus and screens popping up, like, wait, what? Huh? So only the only thing, <laughs> yeah. the main advice I would give is just follow the main story quests. That's that's all you really need, um, because that will teach you how to navigate the world. And then from there, once you once you get your feet wet, once you once you start progressing through the uh, and experience the dungeons, uh, which are very be- beginner friendly, especially in uh, Realm Reborn. Um, I think that will give you a broader. Like you'll have the experience. Like okay, now I understand what's what in the world. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely give it a try. If it's your first Final Fantasy, if it's your first MMO, perfect for that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And hey, the, like we always say, the free trial. Yo, that free trial is looking real nice. You got the, it is a, you got, it's a meaty uh, free trial. It is. You get a lot free. of content for free. Yeah. 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 It's th- there's restrictions on what you can do, but none of the restrictions affect how you play the game. In the it doesn't affect how you move in yeah. the early hours of the game. So that's stuff that you only really need to worry about once you get deep into like the later expansions. So there's like no, you have nothing to lose uh, by yeah. going into the free trial. So that's cool. that on that. All right. Well, Kumail at Kumail H on Twitter asked a three part question. Although we answered two of these okay. earlier in the, in, the, in the episode, the one was, what do you love most about 14? I mean, we talked about it the entire yeah. time so you know that uh two what got you into 14 you mentioned that as uh-huh. well uh but three i would like to touch up on you get to add one thing into the game what would it be and why Fuck, that, that's damn, that that's that's a big question what would i add uh to the game like what would you like to see them oh collaborate this is with? i've seen them like do dragon quest and oh, stuff yeah, like yeah. that i've seen them do uh, yo, yo, yeah. watch uh, collaboration like yeah, that. Yeah, crossover stuff is really dope. Uh, but yeah. I think 
what I would want to see, especially if once we get to Endwalker, like, I don't think this is going to happen, but like, if I were to dream up something, I think more custom animations in cutscenes or to have mm-hmm. more, have the, the dialogue sequences be more expressive. And I understand like the limitations of that because they use um, emotes that are already established in the game and gestures uh, within those, uh, within those kind of dialogue sequences. Um, yeah, but I think this this is something that a lot of players allude to with when in regards to 1.0 is that those dialogue sequences were a little bit more. Um, and maybe this is like part of the, like why the production process was so hard for that game, it's because they they put a lot of resources into making custom animations and um, having putting a little bit more custom uh, care into those dialogue sequences. I would love to see that because as a, because like the first question is like, what's my favorite part of the game is like the storytelling. And I think that would, that would, that would make the, that would, I think that would improve the storytelling. So I, I would, I would like to see that whether it's an end Walker or whatever comes after, uh, once we finish the Highlands already arc arc story arc. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, think that would be dope, but, um, that's what I would want to see is a little, like a little bit more pizzazz yeah. in the, in the dialogue there because like the voice acting mm-hmm. is incredible already and yeah it is yeah as for as for a crossover i think uh the way we saw monster hunter come into the game yeah uh i wanted a i was thinking of another capcom franchise i think it would be so cool to see resident evil you know in what this game. I, it's funny you mentioned that because if you obviously play the end of 5.4 yeah i think i think that that could work <laughs> I think that could work, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think that would be so cool (laughs) to like, like we have like a a a trial with Nemesis or something, or a trial boss fight against the ten foot tall lady from Resident Evil Village. Yes, dude. Oh my god, that would be so incredible. You know what? It's not out of the realm of possibility. Wilder things have happened. Have you? Did you play the Final Fantasy 15 crossover quests? Of course. I was like, yo, Noctis is here. Boom. It was so cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. The, but the way, the way they, they immediately like make it so it's normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like contextualized. Like, wow, this is yeah. crazy. Uh, it, yeah, it, this is happening now. <laughs> <laughs> like, so that, that's awesome the way it does. Yeah. So I would love to see like a Resident Evil right. crossover. <laughs> intense. Um, but so we also, I got three more things here mm-hmm. uh, entirely unrelated to Final Fantasy. So we could just, let's just decompress, cool. chill, and then we get out of here. Um, let's see here. I have Lit Mommy at Thermopolit on Twitter. She asks, one number one, what is your fave fast food restaurant? That's a good question. Um my favorite fast food restaurant is Jollibee. Uh it's a Jollibee. Jollibee's a Filipino fast food restaurant. <laughs> so they serve yeah, they serve like Filipino American fusion and they also just have straight up Filipino food. They have the best breakfast menu in the world i don't i don't give a fuck what anyone says jollibee's got the nice. best breakfast menu because it's, it's straight up filipino breakfast which is garlic fried rice eggs and whatever whatever oh oily meat you want that's our breakfast that sounds great that is a filipino ass that's breakfast a- right there <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna mention pollo tropical i don't know if you heard no. of that's like in miami south florida okay. It's a, it's just a Cuban restaurant, like a Cuban fast food restaurant. Ooh. They have the rice, the beans, the, the chicken, the, the pork and 
and all that good stuff. They also but. serve uh, Cubano. Of hundred percent, yeah. They have all those ooh, different kinds of sandwiches. Fuck up yeah. Cubano. Oh shit! Hell yeah! Oh yeah! Definitely for sure. Damn. Both are pickups the best. And and now uh, now I live in freaking Atlanta. I, I, when I first moved here, they had like two locations mm-hmm. here, but then they got rid of all of them because nobody likes that here. I don't Damn, know why. I hate to see it. Nobody likes that here, dude. So whatever. Whenever oh. I go back, I have I have <laughs> yeah. that. But uh, her second question is when. This is weird. <laughs> when you have guests in your home, how long do you wait until you kick them out? That's a good question. Um, you know what? I will. I want them to stay for as long as they want. So that's so nice. I'm the type of person who goes to a party, and I'm almost always the last person to leave because I'm. I'm always like, yo, yo, yo. The night is young. Mm-hmm. The night is young. The drinks is cold. Like, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. <laughs> like, I don't want this to end. Let's just keep it going. So yeah. If I have people over, I do the same thing. Like, oh, I don't know, man. Hey, if you want to, if you want to sleep over, like, it's cool. I'll, I'll roll. Up. Like, I'll, <laughs> I got you. Like, you can stay on the couch or whatever, um, or whatever. And then, so I never. It's never like, all right, y'all, y'all need to dip out. I remember the yeah. What was it? The um, the night I had to move to San Francisco, uh, because I'm yeah, I'm from San Diego, and I moved to San Francisco for the job at Gamespot. Um, I remember the night because I was driving in the morning. I was leaving early, like six o'clock in the morning. But uh, I had all my friends over. We we're like, "Hey, yo, let's turn up one last time before I gotta move out." I wasn't turning up because mm-hmm. obviously I had to drive the next morning. But I, it was like two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, "Wait, y'all gonna do it?" I'm like, no, don't, don't leave. The <laughs> night is young. It's two a.m. in the morning. And you're leaving at six, bro. Oh, <laughs> I was not having it uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the next morning. But uh, so that that's 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 me, man. Cool. Cool. All right. We got, what do we have here? Let's see. Uh, Steph at Queen Stephanie asks If you were to get a Final Fantasy tattoo, what would you get? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. I've actually been thinking about So I, I have Persona tattoos, actually. Oh, that's um, nice. So I got the, the Joker mask from Persona 5. I'm still like, I'm, I'm, I want to do like a full, um, the, the goal was to do a, a full uh, forearm with all um, fi- um, yeah. Persona stuff. So, uh, and I have all the school emblems on this side of my arm. Uh, we get the mask. I get the 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 TV from Persona Four and the Dark Hour Clock from Three. And then I have like um, a bunch of other references. But I was also thinking about like I want to get a fourteen piece. I was originally thinking mm-hmm. of a, of an etherite uh, like on my on my arm. That would be awesome. Yeah. So I have an etherite because uh, I think that's like a really good representation of of Final Fantasy fourteen. Because obviously, like every every core yeah. town, any Anywhere where people gather, people gather around mm-hmm. the etherite. It's home. That's true. You teleport back home through the etherite, and I feel like that's mm-hmm. like a really, um, it's a great representation of what Final Fantasy means to me. Also, because fourteen yeah. feels like a home. I log in. I'm like, oh shit, my free company. Like, hey, what's good, y'all? Like, y'all want to run dailies? Mm-hmm. Um, y'all, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We all want to meet up. Like, let's do some savages, or whatever. <laughs> um, I feel yeah. like that's a really good representation. Uh, but I also thought about. 5.3 means is probably my favorite thing ever in all of Final Fantasy. Like obviously I said it's probably one of my favorite things ever in video games was uh 5.3. So I was also thinking about so the the 5.3 artwork where it's the Crystal X arc with his hood on and he's uh holding the crystal in his hand. Like I think that mm-hmm. artwork is so dope and I would I yeah. almost want to get a piece of uh get that actually like done inked up is crystal x arc holding a crystal because uh Ooh, that would be intense 
Yeah, that'll be very detailed. Um, but also like <laughs> Crystal Exarch, who I guess I won't name him. <laughs> uh, we all know yeah. now. If you're caught up, it's it's very obvious. Like at the, yeah. if you've already finished Shadowbringers or got deep into Shadowbringers, we already know who it is. But he's one of my favorite characters in all the games. I I love him very much. Uh, that's my guy, and uh, that'd be cool. But also the the ending quote that he says at the end of five point three, I think it would also. A comp like if again ether right i would also have the quote that he says uh at the very end when you're uh going back to the crystal tower i think that's a very a very profound moment in the game i think it's uh mm -hmm. it's a really cool um it's kind of a it's kind of a thing that you can take into your your own life a little bit so yeah it's in the context of the game whatever but you as the player like this is your character the, the character you play is an extension of you and the crystal exarch is talking to you so i took that moment very yeah. personally um and that's also part of why i like crystal exarch so much is because uh obviously his character is very important but uh, i think crystal exarch has a very special connection to the player character that no other character in that world uh has so that's true gotta represent my boy yeah i i would i would personally like to get you know like the job symbols mm -hmm. just a small little job symbol one of my favorites that's cool that, yeah, yeah like a dragoon symbol Cause that's something that like people say, oh, it's a cool symbol. What what is that? And they don't like really have to know. Yeah. If you know, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, that it's definitely that thing. Yeah. So that that would be a cool little thing to have. I don't have any right now, so that would that would be to get a nice little tattoo. Yeah. Like that. All right, one more here. Four party. You don't got to answer all. Like, oh no, we're getting into it. So much. <laughs> well, let's see. Let's see. Okay. Number one. This from Sarah at Nishnuk on Twitter. What has been your most awkward or embarrassing <laughs> moment while gaming or in life? Or in life. <laughs> that's like a yeah, wild gap. Just... Like while you were gaming yeah. or just like in your entire life. Or <laughs> life. Oh my yeah. God. I have so I have this thing where I'm just like minding my own business and like sitting down and then all of a sudden like I'm having a good day and all of a sudden something will pop into my head of something like wildly embarrassing I did in my life and it just ruins the rest <laughs> of my day. But the thing is, I can't I can't pull those memories. They're suppressed memories, so I can't like pull them out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> out of a hat, uh, and also they are embarrassing for a reason. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god, um, <laughs> shit! And gaming, I don't know. I don't really get into. Uh, I don't really. So I don't really like when I play competitive games. It's more like if I lose, I'm just trash or whatever. So I don't know if I have yeah. a really embarrassing moment in the game in a game um or in yeah, life it's hard, to ask. it's hard to think about man i've i said a lot of stupid shit on tumblr and like <laughs> i would yeah or in zango what's what's a, what's a really embarrassing ah is mm, i'll just say <laughs> i'll just say that i didn't know how to talk to girls in in like middle school high school and i said like some really embarrassing shit oh here we go uh, <laughs> let's take it back to second grade. So, like okay. I said, I was playing a lot of RPGs at the time, and I I, I had a crush on this girl. I was we, second grade, yeah. And then I I I confess <laughs> confess my love. I confessed <laughs> to her, and I was like, uh, "Yo, I I yo, you're the one for me, or whatever." And I, in my mind, I was like, "So that was playing out in my mind differently." I was like, "Okay, this is gonna be like." I don't know, like Princess Peach and Mario from Super Mario RPG or whatever, and I'm gonna save the princess, whatever. So I was just like thinking, like, damn, it's this is gonna be wild. It's gonna be like an RPG, and I'm gonna like 
I remember all the dialogue sequences from Final Fantasy. So I got words. I got I got these wild words to pull from. She's definitely going to fall in love with me. And then she's just like. I it is like wasn't wasn't <laughs> listening to me. So I think that that is that was my first embarrassing moment because I thought I, I thought I had that swag. I play yeah. video games like, man, I'm smarter than all you motherfuckers out here. And she's going to want me. Didn't work out like that. So uh, that's that on the head. <laughs> uh, I think we could end it there, Michael. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, we don't got to ask wanna... the other three. That's, uh, that's the other. I don't know if, you, if you're looking at it, too. Yeah, I'm Let's looking see. at it. Uh, I can do rapid fire. If gaming didn't exist, what do you think would I'd be doing? Okay. I'd probably be, uh, I previously worked in politics, so I might be doing that. Or, or I might be mm-hmm. writing about music. I like writing about music. Or I would probably be um, just watching hella anime. I'd be doing the same thing, but instead oh, yeah. of video games, it would be anime. <laughs> uh, uh, when I lose real bad, how do I cope? How do you cope? I tell myself, um, uh, I tell myself I'll get over it. That's it's just a game. Yeah. <laughs> like one, If you're losing to uh, oh yeah, if you lose a game. Yeah. Back in high school, yeah. one of my homies always said like, jokingly to people like when something bad happens to them it's like you'll get over it and it's like funny mm-hmm. because that's fucked up but it's something i always tell myself like it's true you'll, you'll get mean, over it's... it and i get over it like oh yeah <laughs> get over it i lost two hours of progress because the save got corrupted i'll get over it uh, yeah. it sucks but i'll get over it and what's my outfit of choice when i game so Dion sanders once said look good play good play good get paid good get paid good live good uh or Damn, I fucked that up. <laughs> Look good, feel good, feel good, play good, play good, get paid good. There you go. That's that was that was the whole thing. So wow, I, those are nice words to live by. So I, I I like to get comfortable, but I don't I don't want to feel I don't want to feel sloppy. Like I gotta I gotta clean up my room. I gotta take a shower. I gotta put in like basically what I would wear to the gym. It's like yo, I feel mm-hmm. I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna pump I'm gonna pump some iron right now. I'm gonna pump out these these dailies. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I like mm-hmm. I like to. I like to feel good when I because I want to associate feeling good with gaming. Like I don't want to uh, feel like a slob when I'm because then then I'll remember how it felt to play these moments. Like I gotta I gotta impress the characters I'm in front of when I play these games. So yeah, that's something that y'all should keep in mind too. Associate gaming with feeling good because games are special and y'all should enjoy them to their fullest. Exactly, exactly. That's and it. That yeah is where we can end that. Yeah. Michael, Yo. thank you so much for being here. Nah, thank you. I appreciate you being here. Hey, hey, I, I appreciate you, man. Like, uh, this is cool, man. Like you, like you yeah. said earlier, it's it's different in these times because we're more likely to connect with folks over the internet. So, um, yeah, I'm glad we got to do this. And I obviously, I love chopping it up with folks who play Final Fantasy because there's so much to get into. We just understand each other on a different level. Yeah, like I just, we just you just get it. We just know already. <laughs> like I don't got to yeah. explain it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, so that's really cool, and I appreciate you popping up into the streams and um, just chilling. I really do. I've been mm-hmm. I've streaming a while, but I'll be back on it. I got some work work to knock out, but I always yeah. appreciate with you that, showing up. With that being said, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Michael P Hyam. Uh, that's uh, Michael P H I G H A M on Twitter. That's that's where I mostly um, share things. Uh, that's my main social media thing. Uh, it's where I've made a lot of connections with folks, and uh, also uh, if you want to catch a stream. You can find me at twitch.tv slash slash brazy Asian B R A Z Y A Z N. Uh and I don't know. I, I stream Final Fantasy 14 sometimes, but I'm playing through the original Nier and the original Deus X. And those have been going well. I'm gonna pick those back up soon. Uh so yeah, if you want to pop into a stream, chill with us. 
That'd be dope. Yeah. Awesome. If you guys want to check me out, you can find me on Twitter at Gino underscore Viteri. That's G-I-N-O underscore V-I-T-E-R-I. And you can check me out on Twitch, too. If you want to see my most recent reactions, want to watch me cry or whatever you Oof. want to do to that Final Fantasy fourteen yes. showcase, you can check me out at twitch.tv slash Gino V-I-I. That is G-I-N-O-V-I-I. And of course, you can check out The Whatnots at The Whatnots on Twitter, The Whatnots on YouTube, which is where you're watching this now. Please like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And you guys, thank you, Michael, for being here. Thank you, Kyle, for being in the background. You want to say something? You want to say bye? I was stuck on mute for for a sec there, but yes. Okay, there he goes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, everyone, hope you're having a good day. Hope you have a a good day for the rest of your day. See you guys. Peace.